0: Hello, you're listening to the Hypotheticals Podcast, Season 3. I'm Andy. I'm
1: Adriano. And this episode is brought to you by the Union of Machete Men and Allied Trades, trimming hedges and heads with equal vigour since 1992.
0: Adriano, I have been wondering about animals, because I like animals and uh, the ones that we see day-to-day are mostly the ones which we've domesticated Mm -hmm. because we've decimated our ecosystems, but aren't they cute? Let's not focus Uh, on that. So so I was wondering, what if we had domesticated different animals? You know, I'm tired of seeing dogs and cats and cows about the place. I want some new, more exotic animals um, to be our, you know, our day-to-day friends
1: slash food items. This one... I resent you a little bit, Andy, because I had to do some (laughs) research for this segment... (laughs) Oh, God, imagine. <laughs> I know. I Like, I've been forced into a realm of, like, actual legitimate information, and I discovered that we've only domesticated uh, 14 large animals. Apparently, you know, not so concerned with small animals like guinea pigs and birds, because they can't provide transport. There's no military uses. They're not load-bearing. You know, so that's what we've traditionally gone for, and hence your your sheep, your goats, your cows... Your pigs, your horses, your Arabian camels, your Bactrian camels, your llama, your alpaca, your donkey, your reindeer, your water buffalo, your yak, your barley cattle, and mythan, brackets, gale, domesticated gaur. I don't know what those last ones are. And a partridge in a (laughs) petri? Yes. (laughs) That mainstay of farming. (laughs) Yeah, I've never heard of that last one. I want to look that up now. Right, I'm really curious. Um, but yeah, all the kind of variants on like a sort of a cowish creature or like a sheepish, piggish, like, you know what I mean? Like they, they've all kind of, you've got these largish quadrupeds and they are either have a good amount of meat or a good amount of fur or fluff or both and they carry stuff. Yeah. yeah, milk is also good. They'll pull things for you, you can ride them. You know, that's what that's what the people crave.
0: So yeah, I guess um, we're looking for other things which could fulfil some of those roles. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd just like to start off by talking about dogs. Um, I don't know, were they in your list? Sorry, I don't know. You know what's
1: fun is no, they're not. Right, okay. And I don't know why. So, um, hmm. disregard whatever source I got that <laughs> nonsense from. I think it was National Geographic or whatever. Only 14 animals. Uh, maybe it's, sorry, only 14 large animals. I don't know why they're not counting dogs as, like, having a limited military use that don't provide transportation and load carrying. Okay, there's others. There's others as well. There's dogs. They'll help you with hunting. Why not? Tame wolves. What a great idea.
0: to immediately disprove Adriana's argument, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going with dogs. Um, So I'm thinking, like, wolves and dogs are useful because they form packs. So they're used to kind of um, hierarchy and and sort of uh, working with others. And we've kind of co-opted that. We've stolen that from them working with other wolves, and we've turned it into art to, like, focus on us instead. Mm -hmm. So, like, we'll steal away a little little dog from its mum, and this is you know, in our society, it's fine. I don't know whether there's a problem with it or not. But anyway, we become its, its parent instead. And it's like, cool, I'll follow you and do whatever you want, uh, is the idea. Mm-hmm. So uh, if we want to take this pack idea to a really extreme level, what could be better than ants? So, oh, yeah. Because they, they, they have like a hive mind.
1: Yeah, what a great notion.
0: It's not like a pack of 10 wolves. It's a pack of thousands and thousands, if not millions, of, of ants. So yes. if you can convince the ants that you are their queen, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then they will do whatever you want. You could like, so obviously with, um, a big thing with, uh, domesticating animals is selective breeding. So you get a trait that you want and you breed the animals. So like, oh, this, this is a particularly friendly wolf. Uh, So let's breed it with another particularly friendly wolf. And then the the offspring, the idea is that it will also be friendlier towards you. And you do this over generations and they get friendlier and more fluffy and whatever. But uh, you do this with ants. You could breed them so that the queen pheromones resemble a human fragrance, like human scent or sweat. And so they can very easily, like, you just remove the queen and you put yourself in. And they just obey, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so you have your entire house is like a giant ant colony and they're like... Cleaning your dishes—I don't know what they'd be doing—but like, you know, all the little crumbs that like get down the back of your sofa, they're collecting them and they're like yes. taking them to like grow little fungus somewhere, and then they eat the fungus. Um,
1: yeah, and provide. Or you
0: just like you identify the pheromone from the queen, mm. and you just mass produce it and spray it all over yourself, like
1: a like a you know, uh, deodorant, like, links for ants. <laughs> yeah, you got to remember to, because otherwise they will take you apart and eat you in your sleep. you got to make sure you maintain <laughs> yeah. that position in the hierarchy, that you've got to smell right. Yeah, and it does
0: get a little dodgy when all the drones start to try and come and mate with you and <laughs> crawling all over you. It's not particularly pleasant, but, it's um, but up until I that mean, point, it, it worked pretty well. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And you know, maybe that's something we can figure out with breeding and stuff. I don't know because like these species get changed incredibly by selective breeding. Um, like when when humans started off with chickens, I think they were like eight times lighter than they are these yeah. days, and they yeah. laid like only a handful of eggs a year instead of like upwards of two hundred. So. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Have you you ever seen the pictures of... I mean, you did a biology degree. Maybe this was, you know, uh, absolutely obvious to you. But I don't think I found out until my early 20s that um, uh, fruit and veg looked radically different before we started selectively breeding it. Like, people are all oh, like, yeah. yeah, like, oh, you know, strawberries and bananas and stuff, all natural food. And it's like, nope. Have you seen, like, a wild, wild strawberry?
0: <laughs> yeah, they're so tiny Nothing and, like, there. spiky. Yeah, nobody <laughs> yeah.
1: cares. It's not it's not designed well. Like, the standards of animals, it turns out, are really low. They're like, yeah, I, I guess I'll eat this. It's made of thorns, whatever. <laughs> you need those nutrients <laughs> somehow. And humans are like, nah, I'm not putting up with that. More fruit. Yeah, so you do the same with ants. Yeah, uh, get big more, ones. More ants to eat. <laughs> you can eat ants, though. You can eat honey ants, at least. Like there's yeah. some species. I'll, I'll
0: I We're trying to replace the. You want like your cute little ants. You don't want to be eating your little ant friends unless you've combined like wolf. You know, a dog roll with the roll of
1: um. I don't know prawns, and you're just like,
0: I'm gonna eat my friends as well. I've got millions more of them.
1: I mean, honestly, like that's as a species, we've kind of been a bit woo about like which things we made friends with and which things we ate. You know, like mm. there's countries where people eat dogs.
0: Yeah. And like, and like horses as well. It's like, why, like, yeah. you know, like logically speaking, why don't we eat horses? Right. They're like really musly, There's a lot of protein in them. They're they're basically the same size as a cow. You can get a lot off them. And like at the end of their life, what, what, what else are you going to do with
1: them apart from like turn them into glue? But there's like, no, no, we don't eat horses. Right. Let's consider the madness of an English fox hunt. Right. Oh, my mm. favorite thing in the world. Um, (laughs) where they all pile on these horses and chase these dogs and and try and massacre this poor fox and if a horse should happen to like trip over a log or whatever because you're just riding it hard through the woods and breaks its ankle or something like oh no you've got to shoot it how sad right Mm. but i mean then they just what like leave it or like get their servants to come and like collect it and sell it to the glue factory i what could be like a better ending to because the hunt right surely at the end of a mammoth hunt or whatever, you'd have like a big celebratory cookout, you know, like the whole tribe eats well (laughs) now. And now a fox hunt, you kidding, like you're not eating that. You give it to the dogs. Like who cares? Where's the benefit? Mm. But you bring a horse back, you know, roast that on a spit you know? <laughs> Another successful one. We successfully accidentally killed a horse again. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're going to go through all this faff to kill animals, you may as well eat them after. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel awful oh. about the whole thing. I'm just saying. The line about yeah. not eating horses in this country, because don't the French eat horses or something? And yet over here, there was a big scandal, because all no it turns out some of our alleged cow meat is actually horse meat, and we can't have yeah, it. Yeah,
0: I don't know if it was the French, but yeah, certainly there was a big scandal where so I think it was some of Tesco's meat, I may have got that wrong, don't see me, um, <laughs> but was contaminated with horse
1: meat or something, mm, and people terrible. lost their minds. And I was like,
0: why? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why do you care so much?
1: <laughs> it's important for food to be like what they tell you it is, I will yeah, grant you, yeah. but it's not like it was, you know, poison. Mm. Anyway...
0: Anyways, I'll, I'm just going to finish off on, on ants mm, before we move on, though. So, um, another thing about ants is that some of them have domesticated aphids. Have, do you know about this? Oh, and they milk them, right? Yeah, they milk That's them so for honeydew, good. which is like a very syrupy. It's like it's it's like the the waste product of aphids. They don't they don't want it. They like excrete sugar water essentially. Amazing. So the ants like farm them, protect them from other predators, and like. Just drink the sugar water um, so directly from the aphid. Bit weird, um, but anyway, <laughs> right I tap. guess no, no weirder than like drinking milk from
1: a cow. <laughs> but at least like we put a sufficient distance there that like you can forget <laughs> about the cow if you want to. This is the equivalent of like crawling under a cow and just applying your mouth directly <laughs> to the udder.
0: Yeah. So, but but with this, you, they've domesticated aphids already. So not only can you domesticate ants, you can have two layers of domestication you can domesticate your ants and then they've got aphids helping you as well so So you can get like a huge source of uh sugary drinks i don't know (laughs) like a healthier alternative to uh you know fructose corn syrup and as well as that they'll clean your house for Mm. you and um you know maybe you could get your ants to farm for
1: you as well well they'll build your house like if you're happy living in a big (laughs) you know pyramid like a cone then... Yeah, built of, like, mulched wood. Yeah. Yeah. They'll build, you know, they'll build cities. It's... They've they've already got the instincts for it. They understand. You make bigger ants, maybe, and they they could really get things done.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, you don't have any more need for, like, heavy mach- machinery or, or like in farming in, with pesticides because you just have colonies of ants. So they like roam through your crops and kill any other insect that they find.
1: Yeah, because you'd make them bigger, stronger and they just, yeah, you know, the poor wild instincts w- wouldn't be able to uh, hold a candle to them. This is fantastic. I think you've, you've completely blown this, uh, this case wide open for me because <laughs> I, I got to thinking like, okay, there's, there's two, my favourite two directions for what if we domesticated different animals are either real big, It's all just elephants and hippos or real Mm. small. But I was thinking small in terms of like, um, like a herd of uh, guinea pigs. And that's where you're trying to get your meat (laughs) from, you know, and like we're all enfeebled because what we're eating is is guinea pig chops and uh, like quail's (laughs) eggs or like tiny little bird's (laughs) eggs and things. It's just it's much worse, frankly. Um, but insects what an incredible untapped resource I love it because then you can feed other insects off of this farmed uh, sugar water from the aphids Um, and like you can get your ants to harvest your crops
0: for you as well because like you already have leaf cutter ants in parts of the rainforest where they like will cut up bits of leaves and like take them back yes and that's what they feed the fungus just do that with like individual um like grains of wheat yeah you don't need a combine so you, don't ha- you don't have massive intensive agriculture mm. you've just got this incredibly pinpoint specific harvesting
1: i love that vision just a-, a field swarming and normally that's like off of a like of a nature documentary where it's like oh check out this like freak locust swarm that destroyed the harvest but this time it's mm. like no the insects are our friends this is a bug's life essentially what we're talking yeah, about is i a was bug's just life. thinking like, it's bugs life. yeah 100 <laughs> percent. it's
0: like the locusts come in and they attack all your ants and your ants have to like fight them off and like or like give them a portion of that your your farmed wheat and you're like what happened guys and they're like
1: you have to build a bird out of like sticks and leaves in order to. I mean, spoilers <laughs> for anyone who hasn't seen *A Bug's Life*. I'm sorry, it's only twenty years old. <laughs> yeah, but brilliant. In this scenario, we could be the locusts. Actually, we could be the bullies that make them work uh, and then steal all their food. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> yeah, the natural role of humanity.
0: Oh, uh, so um, uh, if, can I carry on on my um, other ways to replace dogs? Yeah, please. Okay. So, dolphins yeah. going in a different direction that, here, yeah, absolutely, I mean, so they're they're kind of the wolves of the sea, very much so. I'd say, I
1: agree,
0: yeah, so they they hunt in packs, they're intelligent they've got advanced social structures, so they're they're like wolves, kind of, um, but it might be a bit inconvenient because obviously, well i <laughs> I thought a dog fin is what you call them a dog fin is is for life, <laughs> not just for summer, <laughs> so you okay. you'd have to like live next to the sea i ah, yes um, and like take your dog fin for lots of swims all the time Mm. um picking up their poo would be difficult because it just floats away
1: i think you could probably allow that because i mean (laughs) most of the issues like no fouling laws tend to be because otherwise parks would just be like a wash with the stuff and we let our kids play there and we want to walk on the path and stuff but like in the ocean it's a free-for-all but yeah maybe in this
0: scenario you've got like uh dog fins living in cities and instead of like dog walking parks you've got (laughs) <laughs> dog fin swimming pools ah. and so you do have to pick up their excrement because otherwise it's just a float with loads of this like horrible seawater and all this poo floating yeah it's no
1: good the filtration system isn't going to keep up like they're relying on you to to do your bit otherwise yeah all these little canals and everything all these like lakes and ponds
0: yeah but obviously there's, there's lots of ethical problems with keeping dolphins in captivity um oh, yeah. so you might just like have to live next to the sea and just leave them there overnight and then hope that they come back.
1: Well, I mean, I, to play devil's advocate and advocate horrifying eugenics, which is kind of what we did with dogs, you just have to breed them to <laughs> like it. <laughs> you have to breed them to <laughs> right. be big fans of just doing whatever you want to do, human. Yes! You know, because wolves don't exactly like being penned in. And I mean, this, to be... I looked up not only what species have we domesticated, poor job of research, um, and and here we go with more half facts that I've half <laughs> observed, absorbed. But apparently... You've got to basically to be a good candidate for domestication. You've got to be an omnivore or a herbivore. Exception: mm-hmm. dogs. So yeah, so already right. messed up.
0: I know dogs are omnivores. Are they?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think technically you can are you,
0: have you can feed a dog an entirely vegetarian diet. It's just it's a lot more difficult for them and to get all the nutrients they need. Yeah
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. So again. Research, complete garbage. Um, (laughs) But allegedly, rapid growth is beneficial. So elephants Mm -hmm. are considered too slow for this. I mean, but they still use them as beasts of burdens, like, out east. So, I don't know. Uh, They've got to breed well in captivity. So, for example, cheetahs need too much uh, space. And they've got to have a suitable disposition. So apparently zebras are too angry. Grizzly bears, hippos, etc. African buffalo also cannot be tamed. And has to accept uh, penning. Um, apparently you can't do deers, gazelles, antelope, uh, because they panic when they're penned. Uh, right. And then lastly there's having a developed social structure and a hierarchy so they can accept a subordinate role and being herded uh, cats for example, not great at being herded proverbially so but I reckon a lot of these are just people not putting their effort in like wolves <laughs> don't want to be penned or whatever but like you know all oh, the gazelles panic pen them harder you know over generations <laughs> eventually you breed ones that like it you've I just break gotta the spirit. yeah that's what we, that's what literally. When you catch a Mustang or whatever out in the American West, then you have to what break its spirit. Yes, you have to break the spirit <laughs> of the vehicle so that it will let you inside so you can buckle a seatbelt. It's the only way. I'm just saying the process of domestication is ugly and cruel. Yeah, And um, I find it odd that, you know, we didn't apply it just across the board. Mm. Okay, I've got one more dog thing. Please. Spiders. Okay. So, okay. Um. So
0: this is kind of looking at dogs as being used for hunting, because quite often dogs were bred specifically for like retrieving birds or like uh, going down rabbit holes to get, you know, oh, to get the rabbits out. Yes. So okay. you've got a creature which can be taught to weave. Oh, so first, well, actually, this this is a tangent. First of all, you can it, you can teach it to weave patterns, so it could make materials for you, or it can make traps to catch birds. So you That's could have true. you could selectively breed spiders to catch different animals so over centuries you could breed a really giant spider uh to help catch ducks
1: or grouse or pheasants yeah. maybe even bears <laughs> if you're lucky <laughs> don't you already get like a there's a species of tarantula pr, uh, tarantula tarantula that that's such a weird word uh that preys on <laughs> small birds right
0: yeah bird eating spiders i think yeah is the, the they're often called and they are yeah they're like the size of dinner plates almost Insane. um so you know it's only a hop skip and a jump from breeding like one the size of a a small dog um and yeah, just make it weave a really thick web mm-hmm. that you can you know why why shoot ducks that are flying through the sky <laughs> when you can shoot ducks that are trapped in webs <laughs> i
1: mean frankly, yeah, like it struck me that there's a I don't know there's a certain amount of like hunters back in the day like tribal you know dudes with spears a lot of skill to it I'm sure by the time it made it into something that like the British aristocracy was doing for fun I question a lot of the like the heroism and the (laughs) the ability that's required (laughs) right like fox hunting you just gotta stay on your horse my dude like the dogs are gonna do everything else so yeah shooting birds trapped in spider's webs sounds about their speed
0: yeah, yeah. the The only downside of spiders is they're not the best pack animals. I don't think they really, not?
1: they don't really care about other spiders. They're they're quite happy by themselves. But at least they're not going to like attack each other. You know, you could you could farm them in in a certain concentration without having any problems. You probably do the same with I don't crabs. Know, don't, I, I have a feeling some spiders might eat other spiders. Sure, but you pick your species. I mean, there's tons of spiders, right? true that's very true i feel like crabs might be a good i feel like spiders and crabs might work well together they got that exoskeleton they're very stable and i've just got a picture in my head of all those little red crabs scuttling across where is it like easter island or somewhere that mass migration oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know where it is actually i can't remember either but like those guys have got some like they will move they will hustle like get bigger ones, strap some packs to their backs or whatever. They'll carry your stuff across a desert, whatever you need. The the
0: only downside is that um because obviously they grow throughout their life and shed their skins their their shells. Oh, yeah. Um, you'd have to keep buying new little onesies for them. Oh,
1: that is, <laughs> that is the worst thing I can <laughs> you, imagine. You're right. you
0: constantly they're constantly getting too small. And you're like, Damn it, not again. <laughs> unless ooh, unless you breed your crab to instead of a shell, it's like a hermit crab it just goes inside the onesie
1: oh i see honestly i think there might be <laughs> that probably is what would happen early on and you, archaeologists would be finding all these like um ancient like ceramic like crab shells and things people had made um, you know, with, like, ridges and things on so that you could easily strap stuff to them, like, little seats, maybe, for a big enough crab that you could ride. But then eventually, because uh, that's going to be expensive, right, having to manufacture new shells, until eventually you get, like, um, production line, like, factories and so on, then, then you flip the other way. But in the intermediate period, like, the Middle Ages when there's fewer slaves to do all the labour for you, uh, isn't it the fact that, like, the the agrarian economy of Europe was, like, absolutely revolutionized in, I don't know, the 12th century or sometime by the invention of a horse collar.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, like, uh, the equivalent of the Industrial Revolution. Yeah,
1: and I forget why. It was, like, I think it was necessary so that um, they could pull plows and things. Yeah. Right? Know. Like, it distributes the weight across the horse's shoulders where it's so, I guess, like, previously probably people had to do a lot of their, like, whatever it was that they were subsequently able to just get horses to pull the the machine, yeah, or maybe like they had to
0: use oxen who maybe aren't quite as suited for it. I don't there know. There we go.
1: Yeah, it was probably something like that. I mean, it's impossible to know, no one could ever find out, but it's something like that. And uh, I imagine that you'd have a similar revolution when someone invented the adjustable crab harness. <laughs> you know, you just gotta let them do their own shell shedding business, and you just have a thing with like you know, just a bunch of leather belts and uh, different holes. <laughs>
0: oh, amazing.
1: Solid. Well, I I, I am already, I'm ready for this like small animal utopia. Honestly, mm-hmm. I was I was way leaning in the other direction. I thought it would be much more fun if everything was huge. I was picturing what um like what would it be like over here in England? Say, so shaped as it was by the horse. Like picture the streets of London, um originally developed for like traffic to get along when it was like one horse or two horses pulling like a you know a carriage but what if uh it was elephants and hippos from hell to breakfast <laughs> right just much wider streets um everything oh. just scaled up you know like an elephant a couple of elephants could pull like an omnibus it wouldn't just be like you know you might have a more egalitarian society maybe you'd communally own these these larger creatures that would then service like an entire family or neighborhood rather than right. like a which and, and the and wider horse. streets
0: would reduce uh, would reduce fire hazards, it would Great make hygiene London, yeah. better. Less pollution um,
1: spread out over a larger area.
0: Yeah, but just really massive. <laughs> you know, walking down the street, you wouldn't want
1: to step in an elephant poop. <laughs> you would not. But luckily, <laughs> you're riding around on an elephant's back, or you're like, you're up in a big, you know, because the, the, the elephant omnibus, the the Ella bus or whatever uh, <laughs> would be affordable to the masses instead of you know the the like high prices charged for for hansom cab rides with the horses. So I think it, it uh. might work out. Plus, think how hale and hearty everyone would be on a diet of like um, ostrich eggs and like hippo you know chops or whatever. <laughs> so
0: are you imagining just the fact that these things are really big would make everyone really big? Like, really, like, muscular and tall. (laughs) Yes, because... (laughs)
1: Look, (laughs) the egg is kind of its own portion control. You know what I mean? You never put a portion of an egg in a recipe. You always measure in terms of number of eggs. So the minimum number of eggs is one. You can have one boiled egg for breakfast and some, some toast soldiers or whatever. And, you know, one chicken egg, that's, I don't know, like, 100 like 80 calories or something. It's not that much. Size of toast, whatever. Ostrich egg? That's going to fuel you. That's a lot of protein.
0: Yeah, but surely you lose the advantage of having a nice, affordable, small egg. You're just like, we've got nothing that we can just like buy very cheaply. We have
1: to buy an ostrich egg and like feed our entire family with it? I don't know. Well, I don't like that. I'm assuming and hoping that the proper farming of ostriches would have resulted in, you know, because, like, the original chicken. <laughs> Are you saying
0: you'd get a small ostrich? Just, it's the same as a chicken. No. It
1: just looks a bit like an ostrich. <laughs> Not at all. I'm just saying they're more efficient, because your original chickens uh, only, as we mentioned, only popped out, like, a half dozen eggs a year, and now they're up to hundreds, you know? So... You start off and an ostrich is maybe only laying one egg every however like I don't know I don't know what the economics of ostrich farming is. But I'm sure that if you bred them properly and figured it out, you could make them much more efficient. Like how many ostriches how many how many eggs can an ostrich lay in a day, say? In a day? in a day. <laughs>
0: oh 20 easy i mean with proper breeding, you would maybe. you'd have to be like shoveling calcium into its <laughs> into its mouth like it would just have a diet of pure calcium and protein it would be ridiculous but whatever it takes i don't know
1: i'm not a farmer <laughs> but people are and they can figure it out that's all i'm saying
0: welcome to my uh you know my ostrich farm in this abandoned chalk mine <laughs> They're just like they're just eating gouging they're out pieces of rock to try and keep up with this pace
1: yeah, I mean, if that's what they need, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> talking
0: for replacing chickens, though, mm. this is my next one I'm going to talk about. Because okay. I was thinking, what other animals lay eggs? Ostriches. Uh, ostriches, <laughs> apart from ostriches. Okay. And the answer is snakes. Oh, strong. So, you take a nice, relatively harmless grass snake no venom or anything mm-hmm. and you selectively breed it for generations so you get a nice massive meaty steak. If you think about it like a snake, it, it, there's no fat on it, it's all muscle. True. So like you'll get a lot of good portions of meat off that if you want to use it for mm-hmm. meat. Um but also if you want eggs, you head on down to your snake coop every yeah. morning and you get yourself some delicious leathery eggs because <laughs> you know the <laughs> snake eggs and like reptile eggs they're not hard. So they're like the... they're like leather and soft. Yeah so you've got your your lovely leathery eggs which is a great texture you've got less risk of fox attacks because, because he's gonna you attack your even...
1: snakes exactly <laughs>
0: you know they 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 might want you might want to try and attract foxes to your coop for your snakes to eat <laughs>
1: yes it's, they'll slot right <laughs> into the existing ecosystem they'll do great they'll thrive where chickens have been uh, preyed upon
0: yeah and you know you might know unfortunately like you try loads of different species of snake and the only one that's successful is actually bred from egg-eating snakes so you need to have chickens anyway to feed their eggs <laughs> to your egg-eating snakes <laughs> but so i think it would yeah, a nice
1: value add to the existing chicken economy then and let's talk about the <laughs> yeah. convenience of a snake for meat purposes right because you've got a nice thick meaty snake you just slice that guy ready-made burgers right yeah. You don't have to faff yeah. about, like, uh, grinding it and then making a patty out. No, just chop, chop, you're done. Yeah, you, like, like a have a cucumber. sort of ring of meat and you're like, there we go. Yeah, boom, done. And uh, and also, now the leathery eggs, do you know if on the inside they're similar to a chicken egg? Like, do they have the albumen and then, like, the yolk? Like, if you boil one, are you going to get a similar deal? Because they might be easier to peel, is what I'm saying. I think they they
0: must have a yolk because that's where, I don't know, know it's where my biology knowledge lags. But I think they do have a yolk because that's how they, you know, that's how the animal, the fetus survives for so long. But obviously you'd have to breed them like we have with chickens
1: to be able to breed, you know, produce eggs without being fertilised. Sure. And I mean, you know, big work. We did that with chickens. I'm sure it can be done across the board. You get seedless grapes. It's fine. People (laughs) will figure it out. It's genes, whatever. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I'm really sold on the convenience now, and I'm I'm wondering whether you could pack more snakes into the same, uh, like, how much do snakes desire free-roaming, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, battery farming is terribly cruel. Yeah, they're
0: pretty happy, like, reptiles won't move for a long period of the time. Right, stick them under a heat lamp, they're
1: just good to go, just put them in a greenhouse.
0: Because, yeah, like, snakes are designed to stay very still, and just wait for prey to pass and they the prey thinks they're like a branch or something and then they eat them. So like they're used to not moving. Right, they're not all that foragers,
1: much. which chickens want to like walk around and peck and stuff. So I mean this is all I'm sure absolute horrible. Whatever the opposite of music <laughs> to the ears is to like people who own mm. snakes and actually know these things. But yeah, I've I've got a notion that maybe you could just, you know, pack a greenhouse with snakes, it'd be much more efficient.
0: And also you, they might make good cats as well. So let's move away from chickens in terms of snakes. Okay. But they're like, if you try and think of the the reptile equivalent of a cat, surely it's a snake. Like, they're not interested uh, in you. They'll just, like, climb up on oh things yeah, and slither around.
1: Not, not that cats slither. But you know,
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Cats like slither. They'll eat birds.
1: Yeah, yeah, they'll climb you. Good point. And you know, you hear stories of like the old lady who died in a house and her cats ate her, and you hear stories about <laughs> the person who's like <laughs> snake was like lying next to them in bed and it turns out it was like measuring their height with its body to see if it could eat them. All of these stories yeah. are entirely true, I'm convinced. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of parallels actually. Huh. Snakes are the cats of the of the of the of the jungle. Where do a uh... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> cats don't. No cats live Absolutely in the jungle. Absolutely none. Um, <laughs>
0: uh, okay, but to briefly go back to replacing chickens, mm. uh, the other option in terms of you want eggs, you know, uh, reptiles produce eggs, but also uh, amphibians produce eggs. So frogs. So okay, <laughs> you wouldn't get a nice boiled egg, but you could get an absolute ton of frog spawn, yeah. and you, you could probably make scrambled egg out of that. Yeah, or like a caviar-like substance, presumably. Yeah. So, like, you'd need very moist barns to keep them in, mm. or maybe just, like, giant fenced pools. Yeah. Um, but, like, frog's legs are already supposed to taste like chicken. Is that the attraction? And just imagine, like, uh, imagine, if you will, if you were a carnivore. Mm. <laughs> Not no, a vegetarian. Yes. <laughs> but, but imagine picking up a nice giant frog ah. from the supermarket, and you pop it into the oven to roast. Because, <laughs> like, chicken the way they bread things is to make, like, massive joints of meat, mm. right? So, like, the legs would be absolutely it's huge. haunches. Yeah. So, that might also make them quite terrifying, though, because, like, every time they jump, they go, like, ten feet.
1: Oh, that's <laughs> a problem, actually. So, what you really want to do is uh, breed them somehow to encourage their fat production. Ah, uh, but then they'd be a really fatty meat. God, I don't know mm. what you do with these frogs. They're going to be really hard to control.
0: Yeah, I guess you just keep them in barns or something. You can't really have free range ones because they just hop, hop all the fences it adds
1: a new level of skill to to farming though you know because like sheep let's face it i gather the problem with sheep can be like keeping them alive because they're quite dumb um but they'll <laughs> stay put like they're not interested in trying to escape I, th- I think my impression is you know yeah they're pretty happy where they yeah. are. yeah frogs that's hard mode
0: so i'm just now imagining trying to <laughs> you know you've got sheep dogs I'm now yeah. imagining sheep ants
1: trying to, like, control where your sheep go. Oh, God. That would be quite tough, actually. Now, I'm picturing... <laughs> how would it work? Because I've seen... Have you seen the video of a trail of ants, like, doing one of their food runs? And another trail of termites doing the same? And there is a line of immobile ant soldiers and a line of um, termite soldiers... Just between the two, like kind of like a a barrier between like two lanes on a motorway, just standing there, not doing anything, just ready, just protecting, just like no trouble here, like a a riot line of police or what have you.
0: Oh, wow. No, I hadn't seen that. That sounds cool. It's very cool.
1: So I'm thinking that it would be kind of creative penning on the ants part because... Either mm. they form up into a ball and just roll around, <laughs> kind of like a dog runs around, and, and figure out a way of making some noise to freak them out and and get those sheep going in the right direction, or it's a case of building like big ant barriers uh, where they don't want them to go. Right. Or, yeah, I like the ant
0: barrier thing, but you could also combine that with some ants, I, I think most ants, spray acid Do they? when they're attacked, formic acid. Wow. Um so if you could get
1: your ants to spray oh, acid no. at your sheep, they'd like run away. Uh, yeah, yeah. That might—I don't know—that <laughs> might have side <laughs> effects. I feel like on the wool, if nothing else. Hmm. Yeah, and
0: your the fields milk. would just
1: get like completely acidic soil, and everything would die because
0: oh, yeah. <laughs> of all the ant spittle.
1: Okay. Yeah. So maybe that's mm, that's one 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 mark in the in the cons column for ants. Otherwise, perfect. <laughs> okay. Well, look, oh. thinking small. I also like the idea of, um, like, moles, mice, voles, just a lot of little critters, you know? Maybe in some kind of, like, mole man, like, underground tunneling society kind of situation. Um, I mainly like the aesthetic, because, frankly, I can only really think of downsides. Uh, (laughs) Like, the amount of them you would need to eat, the amount of, like... (laughs) moles you'd have to skin to get like enough fur to do whatever uh, you'd have barely any leather all that clothes was not there, there
0: mole hair that was a thing right yeah
1: and i i've heard of it and i'm like what are you guys talking about if you're going to fur, <laughs> if you're going to skin an animal for its fur surely go for a bigger one like moles really what why yeah you like hundreds of
0: the things yeah. in one coat or something and is it
1: better? Like what what's like why why not mice? Why not shrews and stoats? I don't know. So so what are the, what are the downsides that you could think of? Well, just the fact that they're so small um so you have to eat like you from one pig you can carve up <laughs> many bacons but it yeah. takes many mouse to feed you the equivalent of one bacon. Mini, mini mouse. <laughs> 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 Unless you can breed them real big. Yeah. So the good news is mice breed really easily and they're happy in an enclosed environment and they'll eat pretty much whatever, you know, in fact, you have to work hard to get rid of mice. So like having mice, easy, might actually be more efficient than I think, you know, a kind of yeah. like uh, sometimes it's more efficient to, to scale the individual product up and sometimes it's more efficient to scale up the production of the product and just have more of a smaller thing. So it might work out. As a foodstuff, I can see it working more. I do feel like skinning them and tanning their hides would be much more labour intensive. I feel awful just talking about it. Poor old mice. Also milking. You wouldn't get much, would you? Gosh, you wouldn't. But I guess these are all mammals. <laughs> They've all got milk. Like, yeah. It would be a rare commodity.
0: Oh God. You know, last week we talked about um, the, uh, <laughs> the got milk, like, uh, adverts from the dairy industry oh, yeah, in the US. We did. Just imagining got milk and there's just like a horde of rats
1: (laughs) (laughs) in the background
0: hooked up to these machines.
1: Oh, ominous. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We've gotten used to cows. Like there's nothing inherently appealing about a cow probably. We're just used to them. But uh, having gotten used to them, it's weird to think of like stoats or whatever. Like there's pet pet rats in my house. uh, But the idea of milking them still strikes me as kind of weird.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess the logical thing would not be to minimise it. I know that's your entire point. <laughs> but like, if you're looking for a rodent to domesticate, surely you could go worse than like a capybara.
1: Oh, yeah. Which
0: are like, they're like the world's biggest rodents. They're kind of the size of a, I don't know, like a dog maybe. We go. Uh, like a terrier or, no, like a collie or something. But like, you know, you could, you could get a fair amount off one of them. You know,
1: maybe the smart thing to do is to just like, we've diversified too much, it's confusing. For efficiency, an entirely capybara-based economy you get a half dozen <laughs> of them, they'll pull your sledge. Um, yep. You eat them, you, you, they are your pets, you know, you milk them, you <laughs> shave them.
0: Oh, God. Nice and easy. Yeah, just one, yeah, one size fits all, one species for all. Yeah.
1: Or well, at the very least, I guess what we've really done is we've specialised on um, mammals specifically. And mm. now we've talked about the many, you know, surprising virtues of the insect, the arachnid, the crustacean, the reptile, um, and the bird a little bit. I mean, you could go all bird, just riding ostriches around. Oh, yeah, I mean that's already a good start. I'm sure they could pull carts and stuff as well. Um, and also, I mean, with enough strong birds, like you can just James and the Giant Peach it. Like tie them all to your, <laughs> to your hot air balloon or whatever. Get carrier pigeons carrying your packages. It's in the name, you know. Yeah.
0: What could you replace carrier pigeons with?
1: What in a in a? <laughs> well, the other option I thought of was either all birds, or I think we're running out of like kingdom Animalia at this point. Uh, but you could go all fish, and we've talked about the dolphin, uh, and we did. I don't want <laughs> all fish, all fish. <laughs>
0: In our land-based
1: society. Well, yeah, because I don't want to retread. We've already (laughs) talked about what if we developed underwater instead. So we talked a bit about domesticating fish there. Forget that. Uh, In our land-based society, basically, I think places like Venice and uh, like island nations probably absolutely Uh... get their money's worth here. Everywhere else, a lot of canals and things Um, like just Amsterdam everywhere. Probably you do a lot of flooding of your own land um so like
0: literally the opposite of what we did in history like where we like drained all the marshes mm-hmm. get rid of all this water don't want that let's get rid of all these special ecosystems Drive fling out uh jobs good
1: yeah no forget that because uh, i mean this is a true alternate history scenario what if we had instead domesticated the fish because let's face it it's probably just racism on our part that made us fixate on land mammals because what are we oh we're (laughs) land mammals coincidence i think not if we just stuck our heads underwater and understood that we are all you know brothers and sisters underneath uh then we might have discovered you know that the the humble fish um can pretty much do all that stuff anyway
0: it's like when um in harry potter when he's in the goblet of fire when he's got that egg and when he opens it up and it's just like sounds like screaming but he has to open it underwater and then he can understand the yeah. message of the, the mer people. Exactly. If only we'd stuck our heads underwater, we could have heard the fish saying, domesticate yeah. us. <laughs> We're so <laughs> we bored. We want to be your friends.
1: <laughs> we need to be useful. <laughs> Give us purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, from there, it's a hop, skip and a jump. I mean, some, like, electric eels domesticated for the purpose of power generation is, like, the absolute dream, you know?
0: Yep. <laughs> <gasps> oh, that would be cool. Wouldn't it? Zap, zap. Yeah, a
1: whole new use for domestic ha- domesticated animals. Yeah, I and mean, I almost wonder, like, if you keep them as pets, then now you can generate your own power? Because, like, maybe they... I don't know. Do they do it when they're threatened? It's probably only when they're threatened.
0: I think... and when they're hunting.
1: Okay, well, I mean, cats play with their hunting behaviours. So you play with your cat, it's doing what it would do when it's, you know, and it's, it's, it's adrenal glands are pumping and its heart's racing and all this stuff that is, like, not efficient for the organism. It's not fostering its modern-day survival because it doesn't need to hunt for its food, but it feels good to the cat and, uh, you know, no harm, no foul. It's, it's, it's built to do this, so it's fine. So you don't want to just, like, whip electric eels into making electricity for you, that's terrible, but... Uh, maybe you play with them by getting them to like you know hunt a fish on a on a rod, <laughs> if you will, and you know in so doing they're just electrocuting the absolute hell out of like the the dynamo belt that you've uh, strapped to it.
0: Right, and you could you could automate it so it just like constantly is like pulling this thing up and down and around the the little uh, aquarium so that they're always uh, chasing after. Yeah,
1: it. I mean you'd have like a, like those automatic cat toys um, that the cats almost invariably immediately get bored of. Um, Yeah, you'd have this whole industry, which is it just me or is it flourishing? Like, I feel like I'm hearing more and more about like um, special forage feeder thingamie bobs and automatic like food and water dispensers and like automatic wiggly things for cats. (laughs) Is it just me? Maybe it's just me hearing more about them. I don't know.
0: Uh, I, I don't. I don't keep. Uh, tra- I don't follow cat news uh, <laughs> weekly. So uh, <laughs> like, I'm not so yeah, sure. Yeah, I am
1: subscribed. Um, and <laughs> th- that reminds me of an old meme. Do you remember Cat Facts? No, I don't think it so. It used to be a, a gag people would pull on um, people they didn't like was they'd subscribe them to Cat Facts, and they'd start getting <laughs> texts like, uh, "Did you know that you know there are however many species of cat?" Like, and then they'd they'd put puns in there like that's a I can't think of one. I can't. They, they put you know meow puns and and per like that's right. perfect and yada yada. And they just keep getting these texts. And it was it was a way of like trolling people. They try and like stop them, and you just send them a cat fax and so on. I think eventually it got from being a kind of decentralized prank. It turned into like a, I think someone made a real automated service for it. <laughs> so yeah, I've been subscribed ever since obviously and uh that's why I know about this stuff.
0: And we're introducing snake facts. Yes, cuz cats are history. Oh my god. That was slick. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, slick like a snake. And uh you know, yeah. Snakes coming to a to a home near you to roam free and um play
1: with <laughs> what would a cat, uh, a snake cat play with? I that's don't a know. good question I guess they want to pounce on stuff stuff that runs around like a mouse and then they pounce
0: You'd have to get toys which it would like just completely
1: digest and pop out the other end and you got to clean it oh, off Oh yeah Because uh, I don't think they'd give them up easily <laughs> It's true because it doesn't if, if, if it just digests it and that's it then it, it stops counting as a toy it's just food now <laughs> Yeah, but you have to get it so that it doesn't digest properly. So it's just like a giant,
0: you know like one of those really cute toys which cats play with, but it just is you have this image of it slowly being eaten mm-hmm. as the jaw like dislocates and disappears yep. down your but snake. I, and yeah. it's gotta
1: be like really acid resistant. It's gotta get through the whole stomach and everything, pop out the other end, like, eh, yeah, good enough. Hose it off. <laughs> that could go.
0: <laughs> yeah, next time round for you. That that would not have a good time in Toy Story logic, would it? Oh god. <laughs> That's a whole
1: other segment, and I. Oh,
0: got Toy Story with cat like pet oh, toys. I
1: kind of don't want to go there. That's so horrifying. Toy Story That's 3 so is awful enough. I mean, it's a great movie, oh. but it's you know, it's oh movie. yeah, it's it's yeah, it's uh, it sticks
0: with you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so <laughs> let's move away from that horrifying topic mm-hmm. to replacing sheep. We talked about sheep. Um, Ooh. so like my my categories for sheep is that it needs to produce wool or like a wool like substance. Yeah. It needs to be really like super docile to the point of downright stupidity mm. and you need to get some sort of meat from it mm. so uh, first of all we're sticking with mammals seals so like baby yeah. seals are covered in like soft downy I fur that's so that's obviously led to them being hunted in the past for their pelts mm-hmm. but if you could domesticate a seal you could probably breed them to keep
1: that fur throughout their adult right, life right they just shave it off and you know you don't have to yeah. kill the poor things And and they're dog-like right they're super cute they've probably got like some kind of bonding instinct you could manipulate <laughs> yeah probably And i just love the image of like
0: maverick sea shepherds driving their flocks along the coast yes uh perhaps they've
1: got a sealed dogfin uh one of these domesticated there dolphins we, uh... like rounding them up yeah absolutely um... they would in my mind they're even riding a, like a manta ray you know like to, <laughs> for when they need to go out offshore they're just standing on it shepherd's yeah. crook in one hand other arm um, held out for balance and just skimming along the top of the water
0: Oh, like stood on it, like a sort of, yeah, yeah like a sorcerer on a, on a magic carpet. Exactly
1: like that. Yes, I'd
0: love that. But yeah, and I'm, I'm just imagining the seal shearing would be quite an event to behold. Ooh,
1: yeah, huh.
0: You've got to like wrestle
1: a seal. <laughs> to be fair, like the shape is fairly simple. It's mainly an issue that like it doesn't have legs, so it's not going to stand up. Huh. Yeah. You need a weird, you need a special harness and then you just have to kind of like rotate it within that harness. <laughs> Like, you know how um, in kebab shops they've got the... (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking. Okay, so what you need... Because you don't want to just, like, drive a spit through this thing. It's awful. You want a non-lethal, non-cruel shearing method. So, you get... On, on one end, you got, like, the two clamps, right? Like, one for each end. And one of them is adapted to yeah. go in a seal's mouth. And it's just got something that they, they love to, like, to to eat or to suckle on. You know, but it's going to last a while. It's like a gobstopper. Seal gobstopper on one end. Other end, I guess some kind of tail clamp. Like, it's got to get them, like, at the base of that tail in a, in a padded way that's not going to hurt. And it's going to support their weight. Uh, and then you just you rotate them gently. And just... Bzzzt.
0: I mean you're being nicer to the seals than we are to sheep, I think. Really? I don't know how sheep. Not not all sheep. I mean, to be honest, most of the time it seems we just like clamp them between two metal gates and like go at it. Fair enough. Uh,
1: Well the thing is they're already standing up on their own power, so I'm sure it's like a bit of an ordeal, but like it's not like they're being trussed up. Yeah, okay, that's true. So my other idea for
0: replacing sheep is going small again. Caterpillars. Oh there's hairs. Yeah, you've got some caterpillars covered in fur. So quite often this is like, it's very irritating Ooh. to human skin and causes rashes. Perfect for the clothes <laughs> so, industry. It's such a good textile. Yeah, but there's bound to be a species which is soft and comforting instead. You just breed that. Yeah, bound to be. So you make it really large and um, you make sure that it, it like never um, turns into a cocoon. It never like metamorphoses metamorph- into a butterfly. <laughs> it never You megamorph- just keep it in that larval stage.
1: Okay, now this is creeping me out a lot more than the talk of giant spiders and ants, honestly. I don't know why. It's just <laughs> really Yeah, picturing like this enormous caterpillar, like big enough to shear, is quite grotesque. <laughs> okay, yeah, but I guess super easy to shear, because they just stand there. They're not they're not gonna get away fast, you don't even have to pen them.
0: Yeah, instead of a field of like a hundred sheep, you've got one massive caterpillar.
1: Okay. Or just a load of cats like load of big ones. I don't know. Yeah. Huh. I don't like that at all, but I I, I can't tell you why, like logically. Just seems kind of gross and jiggly. Produces meat as well was a criterion. So you're advocating like dietary caterpillar ingestion. Yeah, I mean they're they're
0: already starting on them like uh crickets and grasshoppers. Yeah. Like that's been recently approved as food by some EU uh it? you know legislation. So um yeah, that's now legal to be sold in every European country as food. So why not caterpillars? Big slices of caterpillar. Yeah. It'll be juicy and like watery like a watermelon.
1: Caterpillar steaks. <laughs> Just yeah, real damp. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> that's unpleasant. I don't like it. I'm thinking yeah. about the nodules and the fuzzy bits and the colour. The colour It look like weird alien meat.
0: Yeah, but they wouldn't, you know, they'd be easy to pen because they can't go very far. Although they can climb up things.
1: Mm. You might have to, yeah, you might need to build a... How good are they at squeezing themselves through openings? Like, I don't know. I guess it depends how big... I guess you
0: just come. have an electric fence, right? They can Oh, that. that's true.
1: Yeah, they're not going to climb that. Poor devils. I hope they can figure out where it is instead of just bumping into it constantly. I don't know how oh, good their God. eyesight is. <laughs> oh, no. Mm. Yeah.
0: Okay, so my last one then. Um, is replacing horses.
1: Okay, that's a that's a real mainstay, particularly over here in the West.
0: Yeah, and to be honest, I couldn't think of many things which aren't mammals mm. or horses <laughs> to it's replace. It's kind of them. like like you've
1: got camels over here, alpacas and yaks over there, whatever. But like, yeah, very horse-like.
0: Yeah, in terms of like riding on the back of it, like there's not a lot apart from a camel that you can do. Mm-hmm. But I thought maybe if selective breeding had gone a different way, wild boar could have Ooh. not been domesticated as pigs for meat, but instead as working animals
1: fulfilling like a similar role to horses. I like that. Yeah, I want to see pig races instead of horse races, you know? I bet they're <laughs> still... They wouldn't up. be very good at the jumps. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. But you wouldn't have to put them down when they fall over the poor things, so...
0: Yeah, they'd be fine. Yeah. But like, just imagine riding into town in a western, mm-hmm. like, you know, with your rifle slung over your shoulder, on a giant tusked Huge. ball, yeah. like six feet high at the shoulder.
1: Terrifying. Imagine rodeos. They'd be like right, right. combination. Well, to be fair, they do those with bulls already, so they've already got like a horned tusked creature.
0: But yeah, just charging to battle on one of them, you know, in the uh medieval era. F- yeah. You could do some real damage. I feel like you
1: could pile a decent amount of armour on a on a hog. Yeah, because they're pretty strong, right? I think so, for their size, yeah. Yeah. I'm sold. And then, I
0: I'm just imagining now, like, but you've got like You've got your wild boar, like, domesticated as a pig, and you're but you're still going on hunts in the forest, and you're hunting, like, wild horses instead.
1: Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to say, like, you're now hunting wild boar from on top of a bigger wild boar. Um, right. But no, I, yeah, I like the idea that it's, yeah, horses. You're after that sweet, sweet, succulent horse meat, and you're just riding these pigs. I don't know how fast a boar is, or how fast a boar with a person on it would be. I suspect horses have them beat as far as speed goes. I imagine they're a bit like uh,
0: dwarves in Lord of the Rings, where they're they're natural sprinters, um, rather than the the long distances of, of a horse.
1: Right, 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 right. Yeah, but as uh, you know, as with dwarves, they're probably like sturdier, just iron constitution. That's what I picture. Able to eat whatever.
0: Yeah, they'd be a lot more convenient than a horse, to be honest, because I don't imagine they get tired as easily. You could like probably just like go quite slowly, but for like the whole day. Like and get where you need to go. Yeah. And then they you don't like to need to find grass or anything, you just like just eat whatever. Yeah. Like any old grass Here's all
1: the stuff from my lunch that I couldn't eat because it's like rhymes and husks and bones and stuff. Here you go. Yeah. Munch munch. Yeah. And you wouldn't need to like change horses when you get to the next way station or what have you. Just nope, got my hog, I'm good to go. Yeah, it's kind of like the opposite to like um you know elves in fantasy? They're all, like, lanky and, like, fast and nimble and light. And they they make, like, what's it called? Lembas? Elven waybread, I think? Yeah, that, like, you know, so light and, you know, tiny. And, and you barely know you're carrying it. And it keeps forever. And, uh, you know, two bites. And you're, you know, you're full and energized for the whole day. And goddamn elves. And I just... <laughs> they're so... It drives me nuts because they I, I think of them as very similar to the aristocracy in a way they've got this real like holier-than-thou attitude just like we're better more refined (laughs) ha 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 elves um and a a, a, like a dwarf on a hog is like the polar opposite and i like that
0: was the Hypotheticals podcast. Adriano,
1: where can people find us online? We're all over the place, Andy. Oh, we're everywhere, everywhere. That's right, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Just search for Hypotheticals. That is Hypotheticals, the weird way we spell it, but without the R. Yes,
0: and uh, if you would like to leave us a rating on a podcast app of your choice, be that Acast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, whatever they may be. may take some digging, but if you could leave us a five-star rating, uh, it would mean that we would get more than at least five listeners.
1: We would love you so, so much. And please, why not tell a friend who might enjoy listening to our dulcet Tones. And we will see you next time.
0: I guess I'd never thought about that before. That, like, <laughs> in fantasy, elves are, like, upper class, mm-hmm. humans are, like, middle class, and dwarves are, like, lower class. It's like, you can imagine the, the state of mind of, like, the aristocracy of being like, look at these peasants, they're all so muscular and short. It's like, yep. you know, they're so grimy and they, they're so calloused on their hands and they, they're really stocky and strong. And, like, it's not a million... uh, you, It's not, like, a, a big leap to be like, huh, I'm gonna write dwarves down as, like, a... Yep. A character like a you know i suspect it all gets into a strange race stuff it know, really does
1: yeah i started thinking recently about how like uh orcs in world of warcraft might be a bit yeah. dodgy because they come from africa and they're brutish and a lot of them have jamaican accents and it's just right you know mm. yeah. yeah fantasy racism I don't know how relevant <laughs> any of this is <laughs> to my segment. Maybe it needs a little snip snip off the end.